Hey guys, welcome back. This is Luke with uh, Luke Humphrey Running, and uh, we're on number four of our first marathon series. So uh, last week we talked about having a philosophy in place and a plan to follow. Um, so now it's really just time to get started. So uh, I know it can seem daunting, especially if you're a newer runner, and you may seem like there's no hope that you can run 26.2 miles at a pace faster than you are currently running five miles, but, uh, you know, that's a pretty common feeling, and I, I've seen it a lot of times with, with runners that get very panicked early on, and uh, this would be a great spot for something cliche like every journey begins with a single step, which we are all well aware, I think, but uh, I think we're beyond things like that and giving, we're more into just giving you practical advice and where to start out, and so today I want to give you five what I feel are pretty practical things that you can take with you today and build on these things for uh, your training plan. So um, we're going to talk about uh, the first one, building general endurance before specific endurance, and then we'll talk about adding days to your week before time to your days, taking yourself where you are at and not where you need to be in a few months, allow the time to adapt to what you are doing and the fifth one be wary of old wives tales two in particular i'm thinking of the 10 percent rule and that you have to run a 20 miler in order to complete a marathon so let's kick it right off with building your general endurance so uh, while it seems redundant there actually is a difference right so when talking about general endurance i am referring to just being able to cover the distance without a set pace like if i say go run 10 miles you can run 10 miles you might start out fast and fade horribly but you still cover the 10 miles however if i told you to do that 10 miles at marathon pace right now you might not be able to do that that would be more specific endurance so covering 10 miles is general endurance covering it at a specific pace would be specific endurance the reason that this is important is because our first goal of training is to simply build the amount of distance you can cover in training. This is by the day, by the week, by the month. The more ground you can cover, the better your general endurance will be. If we focus on intensity first or specific endurance, then we limit what we can accomplish over the course of that same time frame, the day, the week, the month. And if you can cover that five mile loop at 10 minutes a mile, but not eight minutes a mile. You need to lay the foundation of handling easy mileage first and then worry about how fast you can handle that mileage. And what does that mean for you? It means you don't race your training buddies regularly. Don't race yourself on the same loop every day. And this is where I, I love Strava in some aspects and I really get frustrated with it with the segments and the gamification of it where that you, I see so many people just trying to beat their segments and beat other people on segment, and it just ends up not going well in the long term. So our goal is not to set a new Strava record every time out. Our goal is to run the marathon and run it as fast as we possibly can. So do I care how fast you ran that Strava segment on a Wednesday morning when there was nothing on the line other than pride? No, I do not care about that. What I do care about you doing is running the best possible marathon you can down the road and having much more fulfillment from that. So 
Um, so that's what we're talking about with general building general endurance before specific endurance. Second thing is adding days to your week before time to your days. Our end goal with the marathon training is to really get you run at least five days a week. I really feel like five is that you know the that kind of threshold. Um, six is good, and seven is you know the, obviously the most you can run per day, and then you can obviously run more runs per day, but. I think for most people, five is really kind of that sweet spot, and it really allows us to get mileage to a point where um, you can handle a certain a, a good amount of mileage and do the workouts that we need to do and not be so overtaken because you know obviously you know, obviously you can't live in a bubble like you just don't live in that training bubble you have outside factors involved, you know, work, family, social, all those things. Um, so I think five is good for, you. is less, like six intimidates a lot of people. And if I just back off a day and you feel better about it, then I can probably later on con you into doing that six day. <laughs> but um, it's, it's easier for everybody to start maybe at five. Um, if you... If you're running three days a week, then I would want to take that to three to five. I would want to take three to five weeks at a fourth day and then at a fifth day. So we might start out at three, depending on where you're at. But by the end, I would really like to get you up to five. And most people, I've been able to do that pretty comfortably. Uh, if you've been running 30 minutes on the original 30, three, three days a week, then we've still added an hour to that running of per week by going just from three days to five days a week. If we go, if you were at three days a week at half an hour a shot, and we go five days a week at half an hour a shot, we've still added an hour's worth of running into your week, um, which is which is definitely a good thing. But we've take, taken you from the three to the five days, and I think that's the easiest place to start. We get you to the five days first. I don't care if it's only 30 minutes a day. That's where our foundation is. And then from there, we can build you know, maybe a couple days a week, we go 45 minutes a day, and then maybe, you know, maybe, or maybe a 45 during the week and a 60 on the weekend. It, it just gives us more room to build from. That three days a week really, really limits us. And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they get on my case too about saying, well, if I run more than five days, three, four days a week, I get hurt, you know, and that's an easy, that's an easy thing to say. And I see that with so many things. And, um, I would just say to that person, really look at how you're approaching those days you're running. You know, obviously there's people with, you know, maybe have really bad injuries in the past and they just haven't been able to move on past that. But most of the time for most people I see where they just try to run too hard on every single day and then it really limits what they can do on a day on a daily um, basis, you know. So they literally do have to take that next day off from running because they ran the, that first day so hard. And they really never allow themselves to build and grow. And that's what we'll talk about um, later on here. So really build. If you're at three days a week, try to build to five. If you're at four, try to build to five. If we can get you to at least five days a week, I think you'll be really, really well off um, with handling the rest of the marathon training. The third thing, take yourself where you are at now and not where you need to be in a few months. And that's where um, having an entire plan in front of you is kind of scary because you're looking like, man, I'm running, most I'm running right now is, five miles and now I've got to do I've got to do all these 16 milers these 10 miles at tempo all these other all these other things I don't even know what some of that stuff means 
you know, don't even think about that right now. Think about where you're at this week. You know, we're going to build you to that point. So don't need to worry about where you're at. They don't, you don't need to be where you need to be at. You don't need to worry about where you need to be in three or four months. You need to just worry about where you're at right now. And that is so key. I think so many people really talk themselves out of it from the start because they look so far down the road and they don't, they can't bridge from where they're at now to where they want to be, you know, in, in eight, 10, you know, 14, 16 weeks, they just can't do it. Uh, so I also have written down here, this creates a lot of self-doubt. You sabotage your training before you even get started. So I really only focus, I really recommend only focusing on like the next week or two that's ahead of you. And before you know it, you'll be doing more than you ever thought possible. And that's, that's key. And that's, that's, and then later on when you're starting to struggle or if you struggle, you can say, man, I, you know, you don't, you're not where I want to be. You can still look back, you know, where you were two months ago and like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm running double what I was six, eight weeks ago. And then you can always look back at how far you've come, come along too. So, um, it really can work as a motivational thing too. All right. So the fourth thing, allow yourself time to adapt. On average, it takes about four to six weeks to adapt to a new stimulus. And so what I see with runners is they push this. They really, really push this. Cardiovascular fitness improves pretty quickly. Uh, you may take a couple of weeks off and your first run feels like you've taken a year off, but by the end of that week, most things have really subsided. You're almost feeling back to normal. You stop feeling awkward, uncoordinated, those types of things. You feel better even though you are running the same pace. So the body reacts pretty quickly to that. But the bone, ligaments, tendons, those types of things, that's a little bit different story. So common scenario, here's what I've seen a ton of times. And I get so many emails in early fall about this. But basically, here's what you'll see happen. High school kid runs track in the spring, then says, adios to any sort of organized training over the next eight weeks. Summers, don't even think about it. Then they come back to the school in the fall to start cross country. Coach says, hey, had you been running? Yes, coach, I've been running every day. I've been running so much. And in reality, they have not been running so much. Um, so the coach puts them in in what they assume is a reasonable workload. Kid feels like they are wearing cement for the first few days, but they start to come around. Runs are feeling easier, so they push a little bit more, push a little bit more. All is pretty well for the next few weeks. Boom. Shin splints, tendonitis, or even a stress fracture. And why? Because they were feeling so good. The truth is that Three things we listed above, bones, ligament, tendon, adapt at a much slower rate than our cardiovascular fitness. Um, the truth is uh, it takes about 90 days is the average life cycle of a, of a bone cell. Um, so if your breakdown rate is exceeding the repair rate, so if you're running so much that you're breaking down faster than you can repair, then you get inflammation, stress on the bone, things like that. And then it just, but it just takes a little time and all, but all of a sudden when it's there, boom, it's there. Um, so allowing yourself time to adapt is crucial. Plus I think it teaches you patience, patience with yourself, patience with training and learning to trust the process, which I think is incredibly important for the marathon, because if you're not patient in the marathon, chances are you will not be very successful. You will always fall short of what you're probably truly capable of because you're just too impatient the first half of the race to really get to where you want or you're just impatient with training and you never maximize your full ability to what you could actually do because you're always recovering from 
some sort of nagging injury or something like that. But the key, the point of that is give yourself time to adapt to a workload. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Focus on general endurance before specific endurance. Mileage before intensity. Uh, time to days before time, or time to the week overall before time to the specific day. So get to where you can run five days a week, then worry about adding the time to those days. Those things will allow your body to adapt. And then when you do increase that workload, your body is already capable of absorbing that. And then you can move on safely and your fitness will actually improve much quicker that way because you're not having all these setbacks from missing days here, days there because I'm over fatigued or I'm hurt or I'm sick or whatever the case is. All right, so now that I've said all of that, <laughs> beware of old wives' tales and running. So the main, I'm, main two I'm thinking about, the, ten, the old 10% rule, in that if you need to succeed in the marathon, you have to run a 20-miler. Um, both of these have been around for a long time, but the truth is that they both try to oversimplify training, and that's where you have great, great resources. Not even, you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm obviously a, a pretty decent resource, but you have a lot of resources out there um, from people who know um, through education or, as my dad would say, street education. Either way, you have people out there who know a lot of stuff. Um, but these, they sat, <laughs> excuse me, so they sat at, they say that this one variable is going to make or break your, your marathon, and it's, that's not the case. In reality, it's everything that you are doing in training that will contribute to getting hurt, staying healthy, and not hitting the wall in the marathon. And that's what I mean by the oversimplifying of training, because that's like looking at, so somebody saying, well, I used Hanson's marathon method, and I just got hurt. Okay, was it the plan, just the plan, or was it that you were only getting five hours of sleep a night, or you weren't staying hydrated, or you were eating 1,600 calories a day when you needed 3,000 calories a day? So yes, the training was a factor of that, but it was the factors on your end that allowed the training to take you over the edge. So you, it's really tough to oversimplify training in that aspect. So um, the main one I want to focus on is the 10% rule. And um, so I want to look at this a little bit closer. So this rule is pretty simple if you're not familiar with it. And it's, it's basically a person shouldn't increase their mileage by more than 10% per week. The idea is simple, that if we control the rate of loading, which we just talked about, on the bones and tendons of the legs, then we can allow the person to, to stay healthy, right? Uh, and this goes back to what we talked about before. Physiologically, you'd be fine, but structurally, your body might not be able to keep up with the workload. Um, but on the other hand, if you're so conservative with increasing your mileage, then you're never going to get to the point where you can actually do the amount of workload that you need to do and then add the intensity or you'll never be adding the amount of intensity because your mileage is so low that you really are limited on what you can do. So there has to be a happy medium. And I'm actually just reading a study right now that looked at that and essentially it really found no um, increase in injury with the workload, but it wasn't because uh, there's no causation there or correlation there. It was basically because it hasn't really ever been formally studied. So obviously that 10% rule was made in, you know, it's anything with training. A coach knows something. So they know that in their case, a person has to 
monitor their workload because if we do too much too soon, they're going to get hurt. But in reality, science isn't really, usually that's what happens. Coaches know something works. Science comes in later and shows you why that's done. And so what will happen is that uh, then you'll get val validation to that. So the bottom line is that uh, um, it really hasn't been looked at that much. So, uh, so hopefully that is something that is studied in, in the future. But in our case, let's look at a practical example. So um, a common beginning mileage of runners is, say, 15 miles a week. That's three miles a day for five days a week. So that's pretty, pretty common with what I see. If we do this, if we follow this, if we take to get to 30 miles a week, so um, essentially I like to start doing more and more intensity type things at 30 miles a week, and I think that's a really good starting point for um, really getting into marathon training, right? So, but if you go from 15 to 30 following 10%, it's going to take you eight weeks to get to that point. That's two months to get to that point. Do we really need to be that tedious with our, our mileage addition? So, the caveat to that might be yes, because if you're trying to do intensity, long runs, and all these other things, and add your mileage, that's probably going to be too much, and you're just going to never, you're not going to be able to add too much mileage, because if you do, all the other things that you've added as far as stressors on the body are going to take, a, take a effect as well. So if that's the case, if you're trying to do all three of those things at once, then yeah, you're going to probably have to be um, a little bit slower in your mileage. But if you go by what I've told you, like building your general endurance first before your specific specific endurance, we can go about that much quicker, right? So to so say um, for under 15 miles a week, I think you can go say like 30% of your weekly mileage. So using our previous example, uh, we would say 15 plus 30, 30% would be four and a half. So we're looking at a total of about 19 and a half to 20 miles a week. Let's just round that up to 20. Now let's jump to the second week, and we can let's increase this by 20%. So now our 20 our 20 miles a week would allow us to have uh, an additional four miles that week we could run. So we can go up to 24 that second week. So now we're 24 week 24 miles beginning the third week. Let's jump it by 15%. That's another 3.6 miles that takes us to about 28 and a half miles for the week. So in three weeks we've gone from 15 to 28 miles. Now the fourth week let's jump another 10% or two and a half miles. Boom. We're at 30 miles for the week. We cut, we cut that eight weeks into four weeks just fine, right? You're going to be able to handle that because if you do it that way and you're only running the miles, you're just going out and running easy mileage, your body can absorb that. Your body can adapt. So in four weeks, you've gone from 15 to 30 miles a week. And you notice we didn't have a big percentage right away. We went 30, 20, 15, 10. So the more the mileage it crept up, the less percentage we jumped it. Make sense? Okay. All right. So um, big caveat there. We spent four weeks just focusing on easy running, build our volume. Then once we get to that 30 miles, then we, then we have options, right? Do we add, do we start adding intensity? Um, I would say start out with something like marathon pace stuff and then, and maybe a little bit of a longer run, but we can start adding these types of things in now and your body's got the four weeks of base building underneath it. Plus, we're not going to add a ton. We're not. I wouldn't necessarily add three day, three workouts that fifth week, right? I wouldn't go Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. You know, maybe we go Tuesday, Sunday, or something like that, and we space it out a little bit. We do something a little bit extra. We recover from it. Do something a little extra. Recover from it, and that's how you do it. And then you get to the point where that is adapted to, 
then we can add the third thing. So in that case, we're building, building, building. So I would guarantee you, if you followed that rule of thumb, in that same block of eight weeks, you're going to be over 30 miles a week. You're already going to be doing long runs and you're going to be doing workouts. Whereas before, you might be just be going 20, 22, 24, 27, you know, slowly adding that mileage. And I guarantee you, you're going to be, if you were doing it, you're going to be in much better shape if you take that first four weeks, get the mileage up, and then add the workouts instead of trying to gradually add a long run and gradually add a, add a workout and gradually add a mile or two a week. It's just, it's just so much. It's, you can't focus on all those things when you're trying to get that mileage up. So, um, so the keys to this, focus on only one aspect to start or at least make sure that you aren't running intense workouts and increasing your mileage at the same time. Intensity, I would say, anything like half marathon pace and faster. Marathon pace for a lot of people isn't necessarily going to be an intense workout. It's just the volume of that work, that uh, marathon pace work is what gets you. So if you're doing something short, but at marathon pace, that might be okay. And then maybe something like a long run that fits into the percentage of your volume for the week. And you know we'll talk about that in a second. But the lower the mileage, the bigger the percentage you can actually increase by. As mileage increases, the smaller the percentage your increases should be. And the last thing there is, the this is for the first time increases in mileage. So this is for a brand new runner. You've never run, you know, you're not, you're getting to a new mileage level, right? You're not going back to a mileage level you were already at. Now, if you've taken a ton of time off, yes, follow that procedure. But let's say, let's say you've been running uh, 30 miles a week. You went on vacation and you ran 15 miles for a week. And are you going to need four weeks to get back to that 30 miles? No, absolutely not. Um, you might, it might take you two weeks to get back there. It might take you one week to get back there. But the point is that this is for first time increases it to a certain mileage level. Okay, so the long run I've talked about for a long time. I've been talking about it for going on two decades. Uh, I will link to um, some blog posts that I have. I think I even have a podcast on it. So um, a little bit older, but it is still true. And uh, But I think the biggest thing is the long run has to fit within the percentage and with a certain time frame of what you're doing. And uh, that allows you to uh, stay within a, a healthy frame for the, for the mileage that you're running. And, you know, people will always say, oh, I need 20 for the barrier. You know, I get it. But um, anyway, just take a look at the other podcasts and other blog posts and we go into it. We also talk about it in great deal within all of the books. So um, you can always check that out too. So with that, this is the wrap up of series, episode four, I guess, of the first marathon series. And uh, um, I appreciate the feedback I've been getting on the Facebook group, even for non-first time marathoners, some gentle reminders of of training and, and basic philosophies of that. Um, so thank you guys. And uh, if you do like it, go ahead on wherever you're listening from, if you're on iTunes or wherever else I have it. I don't even know. Google Play, I don't even know. But anyway, leave me a good review, would you? <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with uh, number five next week. So again, check out First Hansen's First Marathon. You can find it everywhere. You can buy it from me personally on my site, LukeHumphreyRunning.com. And, of course, you can always find it on all the major websites. So, all right, guys, I will talk to you later. Have a good week. See ya.